Dad found a great home with a yard. A very, very small yard. Time to get it done. And I'm done. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. What is hope? Hope to me was just that he would get to come home. I had no idea how hard it would be once he got back. I wish she'd stop drinking so much. She thinks it's helping, but it's not. I hope she sees that soon. I act like I don't care if he comes to my games. But I hope he does. I used to hope he'd find happiness again. Now I hope our marriage makes it. I hope Grandpa will get help. He thinks it's too late, but it's not. With everything that he's going through, I hope he sees a counselor. I just want my brother back. I hoped he'd get help. Stop hoping things would get better on their own. He told me to stop asking. I didn't. Then one day he asked for a ride. Hope is knowing there are other families just like yours, that the veterans they love got help and recovered. Go to maketheconnection.net and turn hope into action. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, The Rose, New Orleans, and The River. It's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. 800-998-1003. Jim Eichenhoff will lead off hour number three. Bottom of the hour, Leo Haggerty at 215. Marlin Favre, I, of course, have to officially welcome you to the week. And there we go. We are off and running. Rebecca Black letting you know that you've reached the end of your work week. Weekend is here. Pelicans taking on the Orlando Magic Miami on Sunday in Miami. That's a 2.30 game. Tonight is a 6 p.m. tip-off, 5.30 pregame. Um, Willie Green had this to say back after the loss on Wednesday. Specific about where the team is right now and maybe where – where they are. Hear what he had to say. Uh, I go home and look myself in the mirror and figure out what I can do to better, to put our team in a better possible position to win the game. And I encourage all of our guys to do the same. There's no finger pointing. It starts with me. I'm going to go home, looking in the mirror, take this one on the chin, go back, watch film, and, and get after it in practice. Right before we get the Jim I can offer Pelicans.com, I want to play one more because he was asked, about what advice are you giving to players at this point in the season right now with everything going on? That's what you got to say. Sacrifice. Get more rest. Uh, try to eat better. Um, try to avoid distractions. And this is the time of the season where it's sort of the dog days of the season and you got to do all the little things to get yourself prepared to play. Jim Eikenhofer, Pelicans.com, joins us at Jim Eikenhofer over on Twitter. Jim, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, Gus. How are you? Doing well. So, if I was to ask you the question, or a Saint, or a Pelicans fan asked you, why are the Pelicans struggling so far, and they're no longer in first place, and they're in fourth place? How do you answer that? Yeah, I mean, I think the the biggest thing that most obvious thing I guess you could point to is it seems like being shorthanded, they were able to compensate for not having guys out with a lot of the depth. But they have, but, I mean, there's kind of a shelf life to that. It seems like after a certain amount of time, you're asking a lot of guys who are projected to be maybe the seventh, eighth man and now are the third option in the offense, um, stuff like that. It seems like there's been diminishing returns on the group of players that have been asked to fill larger roles over the last um, couple weeks. So I would say that's the biggest thing. I mean, there's three in – Three and five since uh, Zion Williamson's injury. I mean, I was sure everyone was, including myself, hoping that when he went out on January 2nd that 
it would Brandon Ingram would be back shortly thereafter, but he's still out. So it just feels like it's kind of caught up to them over the last few weeks. If you're taking on Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, with your starting five that you projected in Herb and Zion and B.I. and Jonas and McCollum, that's that's still a, a tough matchup. If you're taking him on with Najee, Trey, and Dyson Daniels in the starting lineup, that's the point we're kind of yeah. making here, right? I mean, it's some of these teams that you're playing, like on Wednesday, Miami got all of their players back. They had been injured. The graph said that at the beginning of the show that, you know, Butler and Hero had missed some games. They had everybody back. It's it's just hard to take on a team and teams that perhaps are loaded to try and win championships, not just get in the playoffs. Because the Pels have been able to beat, I guess, the teams they, they need to, right? When, when you look at Washington, you look at Detroit tonight against Orlando, they, they can do that. The problem is when you're playing one of the better teams in the league, Milwaukee, it's just, it's just hard to do. Yeah, I mean, I had the stat the other day that of the team, all the teams in the NBA that are five games below 500 or worse, the Pelicans are 10 and 0 against those teams. With Washington and Detroit being in that group among the teams that they just faced on the long road trip, I mean, Orlando is also in that category. So, I mean, I guess this is a, another test of that number. Can you stay undefeated against the teams that have some of the, the worst records in the league? Um, but I mean, it's it, it is difficult to, to continually do that. And I, I do wonder if there's a, been a little bit of a wear on them just mentally that they've had to, like I said, a lot of guys have had to do way more than they probably expected going into the season. I mean, that's not, not, not just a bad, that's not a bad thing in, in a lot of cases because I mean, guys want to play and they love to have more opportunities, but collectively it, do, it does make me wonder if that's kind of caught up to them. Um, at the same time though, I think, you, you know, you played the clip of Willie Green. I think you can't have the mentality of, oh, we have guys out, so it's acceptable for us to lose games or maybe even more to the point, acceptable for us to not bring our best effort or or our best performance, which I think is what happened in the Miami game. They've been so competitive in the vast majority of their losses that it was kind of almost shocking to see them go down by 30, especially at home, the way that they did in that game. So, Regardless of whether it's winning or losing coming up soon, and obviously it's very important that they win as much as they can, but either way, you can't have performances like that. You definitely can't have string together a week or two where you're, where you're not competitive in that way. I mean, regardless of the outcome, they have to play better and just bring better effort, which we I think we've gotten so used to that throughout the course of the season that Wednesday was just a stunner from that standpoint. Yeah, no doubt. Because look, I, I've gotten it in, you know, in the post game show on Wednesday. We had a couple of callers here this week too about, hey, um, the depth needs to step up. I think, I think you said it best. The, the the phrase shelf life, right? And I don't think it's coincidental when you look at some of these other teams that have lost their top players. Whether it's Booker with the Suns, you've seen them free fall. You've seen Durant be out a couple of games. The Nets have now lost four in a row. It it, it matters in a league like the NBA when your top players aren't playing. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, for some of these other teams that have had guys out, it's been immediately falling apart and immediately collapsed and dropped a bunch of spots in the standings to the point of, in Phoenix's case, where they're in jeopardy of not even finishing in the top 10. The good news for New Orleans, at least for now, is that that's not the case. It's not that they've had a rough stretch and now things are frightening in terms of the position that they're in. They've been fortunate that a lot of the teams in the West spots five through 12 or 13 um, with a, only a couple of exceptions like Oklahoma city has played really well lately. Um, but a lot of the other teams in that range have really struggled. And so they've lost ground to a couple teams, but for the most part, even though the Pelicans have been three and seven in their last 10 and about 500 over a, a little bit longer stretch than that, they're not really in that much worse position than they were a few weeks ago. But obviously the key is if they keep playing like this, I mean, it's just, the math will tell you that if you if you continue to struggle to get wins, I mean, there will be teams that pass you right. um, pretty soon over the next few weeks. Right, and I mentioned it a little bit ago. When you look at the standings, I, again, not coincidental why you're going down in the standings when you look at Denver winning eight in a row, Grizzlies winning 11 in a row, Kings have won five in a row. I mean, that's, that's how you move in the standings. You have to have those kind of win streaks, and 
I think mm-hmm. the Pels are capable of doing that once they get their, their their players back. I I just don't know how else they're really kind of saying other than that, right? But I get it. I mean, there's a sense of oh man. It, why they're playing that way, or can they fix it? So we've given some reasons on that. One of the things I was asking Jim too is when people say they're concerned, and I'm like, well, what what is the concern on? Is it that they're a playoff team, that they're a play-in team, that they're not going to be a Western Conference Finals team? Like, what what is that concern level? Because I think with all the answers to all of those, it's still better than where you were last year, which means there's been, been improvement, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and you know, honestly, I I don't have a problem. I'm not um, I'm not going to second guess anybody who says right now that they're concerned about the way the team has been playing lately, or they're worried that the the ground that they made up in the beginning of the season that they're starting to lose some of that, and that you know some of that is slipping away. And you know, you mentioned Denver and Memphis. The one thing I didn't point out was, I mean, when I said that they didn't lose ground, I mean, they basically have played themselves out of reasonable realistic conversation as far as the one seed, which I know in in maybe mid-December we were really excited about the possibility when they played Phoenix in that one weekend that they were not just a top few, top three or four team, but they were actually number one for a while. I think that's definitely gone by the wayside and until they get back within, say, a couple, two, three games of the Grizzlies and, and uh, the Nuggets, I think you got to be looking more at, okay, how, what do they need to do to be to stay in the top three or the top four? But um, but 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 just overall, I mean, it, if they can, if they can over the next stretch, with tonight being a good example of that, if they can at least beat the teams that are really below 500, I don't think we're going to be in a situation where we're, you know, panicking too much or or super nervous about the spot that they're in. But I understand the concerns that people have. I mean, the game against Orlando, right. they have one against Washington coming up soon. Those are the kind of games that I think you need to win, or else people will understandably be biting their nails a little bit more and, and pacing a little bit more and calling the postgame show and <laughs> trying to get you to talk them down a little bit. Right. You're right. I mean, look, I mean, if Boncaro goes for 40 and this team loses today and puts up 78, yes, I, I think there's an, uh, something like that. I think another reason why I said I'm not that concerned and I don't worry nearly as much is, Jim, what I've, what I've seen in a year and a half here is I think Willie Green's a good coach. In terms of understanding the pulse on your team, um, like any coach, uh, whether it's plays or rotations, you're, that's always going to happen, right? I mean, offensive coordinators, play calls, all that. But do you have a, a grasp on what your team is? Is your team together? Are they willing to play? They're willing to play hard. I, I don't think that's an issue with this team, right? It's not a, hey, they just don't like showing up. They don't like playing hard. I, I think the human body takes over sometimes, whether it's travel usage, things like that. So I think that's why I'm not that concerned, especially when I heard him and why I played those bites. Look what he's done since then, right? No shoot around, no practice since then, trying to get them to kind of get away from basketball for a quick second and, and show up fresh and ready to go tonight. Yeah, and he mentioned um, after the last game that we're kind of in the dog days of the season where you've already played 45 games, but you still have about a month or so before you even get to the all-star break. So you got to really push through this part of the season. Um, but like you said, I think his track record since the start that they got off to last season where they were 1-12, I mean, to me, they've consistently outperformed what our reason what have been reasonable expectations all the way through. And that's the reason that they even got into the playing tournament last season was they finished last year so well. Then they gave Phoenix such a, a tough test in the first round of the playoffs. And then this year, I mean, when they've, had relative health. I mean, they were in the number one spot in the West, like I said, a couple times for a couple stretches. So, right. yeah, I have confidence in them. I don't think we've seen too many stretches where, since he's been coach, other than the very beginning when it was all coming, you know, starting fresh, where they've had, you know, a, a long losing streak. It seems like they've been able to get out of slumps pretty quickly. So, you know, that's another reason another thing to be looking for looking for this weekend is they you know just got to get back to playing better basketball got about 30 to 60 seconds here jim give me something for pels fans to keep an eye on today against the magic is there a matchup is there a stat what am i paying attention to tonight that will tell the tale if the pels win 
Yeah, I mean, I think one of the first things is just the injury situation with Najee and Herb Jones are both questionable, and Franz Wagner is questionable for Orlando. He might be their best or second-best player, maybe their most important player. He does a lot of different stuff for them. Paulo Banquero is their number one option scoring-wise and can carry the team, but I think Wagner's a little bit more versatile. So that and just, I mean, both of these teams are have so many good young players. I think mm-hmm. that part of it makes, a, makes it a pretty interesting matchup to see, you know, which of the young players uh, perform the best. And, and obviously with what I just said of which ones are actually going to play tonight will be, will be huge. Jim Eikenhofer writes for Pelicans.com. Occasionally we'll let him on the pre- and post-game show, including today. You'll be my third segment. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. Thanks, Gus. I appreciate the opportunity, and I will look forward to talking to you later today. That's if Joe answers the phone or calls you too. I mean, I, you know, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot of variables in here. Joe's got to do his oh. job. You got to answer. Apparently, in a podcast, sometimes you don't answer your phone. So, I mean, you're scheduled <laughs> to be on my third segment today. I just don't know if you will be. <laughs> I'll slip him five bucks, and I'm sure that'll be enough. <laughs> five bucks goes a long way in a Cardosi household. Thank you, sir. Appreciate sure. the phone call. Thanks. Yeah, for sure. When we come back, Marlon Favorite. So apparently the Dallas Cowboys been cheating. Huh? About that. We'll talk about that with him next on ESPN New Orleans. Wow, it's that time of year again at Craig LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Great deals like never before. Never before. Shop now for a huge selection of new Toyotas in stock and more arriving daily. Great dealer discounts on all the new and pre-owned Toyotas in stock. Get two years free maintenance too. Just click and save at GregLeBlancToyota.com. But you've got to hurry to take advantage of these great prices. Greg's got the deals as your low price leader. Greg LeBlanc Toyota, 220 South Hollywood Road in Homa. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Lakeview Massage and Therapy is a must for recovery, getting rid of pesky pain, or to simply relax. It's part of Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic and Wellness, so this isn't a neon sign place. They have specialists performing work geared specifically to you. Rejuvenate with a 60, 90, or 120 minute session of Himalayan salt stone, injury and recovery, lymphatic detox, pre and postnatal, post mastectomy movement, traditional therapeutic massages, and ashiatsu. I've had that. You want to try it. Trust me. LakeviewMassageAndTherapy.com for info where recovery meets relaxation. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengill. At the Bay 504, the way to follow Mr. Marlon Favorite. Cowboy lover. National champion with the LSU Tigers at least. What's up, Marlon? How are you? What up, Goose Baby? Happy Friday, man. Hello, somebody. Happy Friday to you. How many king cakes have you had so far? Well, um, I had to record a show earlier, uh, WWL, and I legit had six pieces of king cake. That was a six? Bit, it was a, it was a <laughs> but I had six pieces, <laughs> and they were good. Because here's the thing, Gus. With king cake, you, you know, you usually get the little yeah with the yeah, you know, sprinkle a little purple and green okay. on nice and stuff. But with this king cake, it was, you know, tastes more. It's almost like, it's almost like I was biting into like a regular cake. We ain't going to make our listeners too hungry, but you get my, it's king cake season, baby. No, I'm with you. Have. I mean, especially if it's like a queen cake where you, you have to, you have to try the strawberry, you have to try the cream cheese, you have to try, you know, you have to try all the, so the lemon, I mean, all that stuff. So are you a field king oh, cake yeah. guy or a regular king cake guy? 
Well, because I'm not, I'm not really a regular King Cake guy. Like as a kid, I couldn't stand like when we were like in elementary, they used to give us those dry King Cakes. Like they didn't put no effort into it. Like they just took some dry toast and just sprinkled some sugar on it. Mm-hmm. I can't stand that, but for like with the nice icing on, maybe a little strawberry, maybe cream cheese filling. Not too much though. I don't like when they just fill it all up like it's like a loaded donut or something. I just like when it's a nice, nice amount and, and good. So. Um, okay. I can I can do the the filling uh, uh, king cake. That's that's some of my favorite. All right, Marlon Fave What say you about your Dallas Cowboys cheating? <laughs> we, you know what? I thought we were going to go through the other games first, mm-hmm. since the nope. Cowboys have last nope. game on Sunday. No. Nope. So, so apparently, just the fireworks we can. You, well, you want to know what my keys to victory? Uh, well, we'll get to that in a second. I want to. I want to. Here's the problem, right? The kicker missed a whole bunch, and they were cheating. Apparently, I didn't even know this was a rule. Did you know that you cannot put a blade of grass on a where you are going to mark the football for you to kick a PAT or field goal? Apparently, it is a rule. The rule that teams have been violating is 11-4-5, which states no article of any type may be placed on the field or used in a manner to assist a player in the execution of a field goal or extra point attempt. The Cowboys apparently did that several times in the playoff game against the Buccaneers. And apparently your holder, Brian Anger, he usually grabs a blade of grass and puts it down in front of him so he knows exactly where to place the football, and the kicker then knows how to do that as well. Apparently, nobody knows that or, or knew that as well. Never um, heard of that. Yeah, dude, I'm just telling you. I mean, the Eagles, um, the Chiefs, the Lions, Commanders, and three other teams, according to Football Zebras, have been breaking the rule and have been told they're, they're going to crack down on it. I had no idea. I mean, why? How does that change and help anybody by you putting a marker as to where the ball's going to go? Unless we're playing on multi multicolored grass, if no, if, if you can't take one green grass blade and, and and okay, this is the one that out of a million pieces of grass in one area, I, I don't buy that one. But you just never. That's, that's how those rule books go. When they to give them to them, guys, just give these big thick rule books with. These little fights, and problems, we should be attorneys the way we, you know, read through these different articles and stuff that they have. That. That's insane. Football is a game of inches, but not a, a blade of grass. I'm sorry. That's just, but as far as the kicker goes, look, this is the thing. We, we can't make those mistakes. I'm glad they let, let them keep kicking. That could have cost us. You know, we saw how close to the Chargers game was last week mm-hmm. against uh, Jacksonville. So, I mean, I know you want to jump to the prime game, and, you know, the, the boys are, Heading on uh over to the to the west side of things, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we're gonna make it do what it do. You know, if Dak gets beat by Brock Purdy, the amount of people that are gonna, you know, go I after know, him, it's gonna be silly. I mean, it really, honestly. But how do you see this, honestly, in terms of like, like I think that what Brock Purdy's done has been magnificent. He hasn't faced Michael Parsons in the rest of that Cowboy defense. I think it's a really good defense. Dan Quinn's coaching for a head coaching job. I, I I could see Dallas win this game. I really do. I can, too. And this is the thing. Seattle isn't really that team. The, NF, the, NC, uh, the NFC was just terrible this year. They're really not that team. What happened was they have great coaching over there. At times, Kyle Shanahan could make his mistakes. We've seen that in the Super Bowl before. But for for this team, I mean, it's, it's about Debo. It's about Christian McCaffrey. They have some weapons at receiver. But here's, here's a guy. I'm not taking anything away from Brock. I think for Mr. Irrelevant, he's doing an excellent job. But look at the weapons around him. So when you start eliminating some of the rec- uh, weapons around him, Particularly Christian McCaffrey, I think we have an answer for him as well. So I, I'm, I'm excited for this matchup. Um, I, I do think that now uh, Kellen Moore, he, he, they're trying to interview him for the Carolina guy. So, I mean, it's starting to – I mean, it's just, finally Jerry put together a nice coaching staff. Because that's what it's about. It's about coaching. Look, listen, I told you I wasn't going to dig into talking too much trash. Okay. Right. San Francisco looks scary. They do, Gus. They do look like one of the more scarier teams 
That defense is nasty, bro. I mean, you got you got Bosa over there doing his thing. You got Fred Warner. I think he's probably one of the better linebackers in, in, in the league. They, they have some weapons over there, but, you know, the boys are backing down. All right. Let's go to the other game, sir. I want to get your opinions on it. Stay with the NFC. Giants and Eagles. Philly a seven-and-a-half-point favorite here. Seems like a lot for a divisional game. And, look, the Giants went on the road to Minnesota and, and beat a pretty good Minnesota team, right? I mean, they were a second seed. So um, what, what, what do you think on this one? Coach Brian Dave was making an argument for coach of the year. That's because I think the New York Giants is the team that made the 180. Um, this year, I think that team is night and day. You have a healthy Saquon Barkley. You have a ferocious defensive line, particularly in the interior line with Dexter Lawrence. Um, and, and then again, I think Daniel Jones has transitioned as a quarterback. He's using his will more. Um, he's, he's being, you know, this is what Dak does. Good. I mean, when Dak gets to the edge, they're in trouble. But we talked about that game already. Back to this one. I just think, I don't, Philly, the last, Look, no one man has all this power. It's not all. Well, Taylor Hurts didn't play. I mean, you still have to win. And I just think that the pieces, I mean, you, you have two, two uh, amazing uh, receivers and, uh, and, uh, and Devontae, I was about to say Devontae Adams. Y'all had it right, Devontae Adams, Alabama, Smith, assist uh, Adams, Devontae Smith and, uh, and, and uh, Antonio Brown, A.J. Brown, excuse me. Those two guys are, are amazing targets, but I just think that the Philly story is about what Jalen can do on his feet, and I just feel like New York is, is just uh, turning that page. I actually got the Giants in this, and I'm not going against my old team, the Philadelphia Eagles. I probably had one of the most famous NFL players in that game with the flop tackle, but I just don't think the Eagles could uh, pull this one off. I think New York's rolling right now. They're they playing ball and a healthy Saquon Barkley, I mean, the way he's running right now, the way that Coach, is, Coach Bryant is putting that together. Yeah, I think the Giants, it's going to be a tight game. I don't think they win by two scores, but mm-hmm. they win. All right. So, to the AFC we go, Marlon, and we'll start with the Jags and Chiefs. I think everyone's thinking, no way, no shot, no how. <sighs> Nine-point favorites are the Chiefs. Do you think the Jag? I think the start is important for Jacksonville, right? They get down two, three scores quickly and early, and Lawrence a pick six or turnover, and it's seven nothing. It's fourteen nothing in the first quarter. Then, then I think it, it, it's not a good game for Jacksonville. But if they can somehow, I don't know, seven, six, ten at the half deficit, they can make it a game. It's so hard to, to bet against the Chiefs. I believe in Coach Doug Peterson and what he was able to do. You look at the Dallas Cowboy games and how they came back and beat Dallas and just how that Chargers game went down. I think that was a coaching issue. You don't get that out of an Eric Bieniemy, and you don't get that out of a Andy Reid and, and that entire concoction over there in coaches. And it's the key pieces. I mean, you got to figure out how to scheme up on it. Just talking about the New York Giants, you know, Kadarius Tony. I think he, him replacing – Tyreek is not necessarily as fast and that explosive, but he gives them that look. And it's just hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes, especially in the playoffs uh, for a young quarterback. He has a lot of playoff experience. I mean, that Buffalo game last year, going down to the wire. I just believe that. I love I love what Jacksonville is doing. Of course, you got, I got my LSU Tigers and uh, Caleb Marshall on and, and Arden Key at the edge. Okay. I, I believe in them, but it's just I don't think they have enough in the secondary nor in the consistency in the running game to, to beat Kansas City. So I think Kansas City got that. All right. Finally, your guy Joe Burrow, the Bengals, on the road at Buffalo, five-and-a-half-point favorites. Got about a minute-and-a-half here. What do you like? Tough for me to bet against Burrow. I, I hope they pull it off, but it's, it's, it's hard to, to win against Buffalo. This one's close, Gus. I'm, I'm still pondering on this one. My, my, my bias is telling me. Uh, Bengals by three, but, I yeah. mean, the energy around Buffalo right now is tough, so yeah, Bengals by hair. Okay. I, I, Me too. I, I'd like to – nothing against the professor. I just – it's hard. I work, I work with the professor, but, you know, Scott Scott Craig and his, and his new love, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. It's going to be a close one here on, on Sunday. It'll be fun to watch. Marlon, always a pleasure. We'll talk Monday. Recap the games. Let's do it, Gus. Hello. There he goes, at Big Fade 504.
There it is. I love it. We got to get you out to the deli, man, uh, on Thursday. Maybe uh, you stop by. Let's get it. All right, man. We'll see you. Uh, when we come back, Leo Haggerty. Talk about the NFL playoffs here and what's going on in Tampa next on ESPN New Orleans. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you. And load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. Feels like home. Will they find a home? Sponsored by Geico. Sarah wants a yard. My own little paradise. Brad, however, hates yard work. The only thing I hate more than cutting the grass is paying someone to cut the grass. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle home and car insurance with Geico. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Sarah and Brad found a great home with a yard. A very, very small yard. Time to get it done. And I'm done. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. You're driving along and some nimrod cuts you off. You hit the horn. (laughs) Jeez, it sounds like a goose in distress. Time to head over to eBay Motors. They have horns for every make and model, not to mention horn pads, steering wheels, wiring, and more. 122 million parts. You can even go for an upgrade. That looks like Mr. Cutoff Man needs a new seat cover. Try eBay Motors, pal. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors. Let's ride. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. David and Brooklyn. I just wanted to let Keyshawn know that you definitely threw shade at Jay by calling him Ja Rule. Yeah, y'all is not that guy. When you call yourself Jay-Z and you call somebody else Ja Rule, that's shade. Thank you, David. My friends text me pictures of Ja Rule. Now y'all got people texting me. Giving it up. Just giving it up. GJ and Max. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Talker, ain't you? A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Per Adam Schefter, Sean Payton's head coaching interview with Carolina tentatively being rescheduled for Monday, the 23rd, as the Panthers owner David Tepper remains focused on the tragic death of Charlotte FC defender Anton Wakes. Or Walks. He had a boating accident and uh, was tragically killed, so... The interviews that were scheduled for today and tomorrow have been scheduled. There was going to be in New York as the owner is in Charlotte there. Leo Haggerty covers the NFC South Force and the NFL. Sir, first off, how did Tuesday feel, man? Oh, my God, Gus. I'll tell you, it was, I'll be honest with you and the listeners, uh, there were more than one occasion that I didn't think I would get there. But to get there and ring that bell and... uh as you can tell, I'm getting a little emotional with it. Uh, to be cancer-free is uh, pretty amazing. Well, man, we're we're very happy you fart the the good fight, man. And and look, maybe we helped a little bit in making sure that you were coming on on Friday. You you asked to be a part of it, man. I was like, hey, if, if that keeps you going, let let's do it, man. So we're very happy to know that you did that, dude. Especially on my birthday, it was a great birthday gift. You didn't even know you gave me a birthday gift. How about that? <laughs> yeah, and I'll, just, I, I, I'll tell you what, guys. It was really a blessing for you to let me come back on because it gave me something to look forward to every week. So Absolutely, man. No, nah, it's good stuff, man. Um, so, look, very happy for you. All right? So now let's get to business. Now let's put you to work. Tampa Bay, my goodness. Uh, five coaches eventually were let go, including Byron Leftwich. Right move, good move, or an unexpected move? Gosh, I'll tell you what I have never seen in my years of covering the NFL. This many playoff coaches fired. Again, you, you see the uh, the Vikings getting rid of their DC, the, the Baltimore Ravens getting rid of Greg Roman, their OC, right. and the Bucks cleaning house. And again, I my thing was this: what what else did you want to do when when you got an offensive line that can't protect an immobile quarterback? That's the fact they made it to the playoffs was an accomplishment. But again, somebody's got to fall on their sword. Because this team was expected to win 12, 13 games. And when Ryan Jensen went down, I said, that's a pipe dream. 
But uh, again, uh, pretty much all of Bruce Arians' staff has been eliminated except for mm-hmm. Todd Bowles. How it that dynamic's interesting to me because he's still there, right? He's still around. I mean, we saw it here in the Saints game. The, the guy got fined for for being on the sideline here in New Orleans early in the season. So, how awkward is that decision? Because he's quote unquote in the front office, but I can't imagine that this isn't maybe something that Todd Bowles wanted. Is this something maybe that ownership kind of felt needed to happen, and this is out of their control? I guess what I'm asking you is, how, how did that? all come about and how is it going to continue like is bruce coming back next year in his role slash capacity you know what Gus? i I really have no idea what's happening down at one buck but by them cleaning house i'm figuring that they're they're going to push bruce arians up the line where he he would be at every practice he would be out on the field watching and and observing and i don't know if that's a good thing it's kind of like a you know, uh, your Gary Cunningham and John Wood shows up at every practice. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, a, that's, that's not a good situation. But, again, the Bucks got to figure out what they're doing at quarterback because they do not have the tools to protect Brady. Brady is a free agent. He's going to go somewhere. I do not expect him back with the Bucks. So the Bucks have to figure out what, what they're doing and how they're moving on. And uh, it, it's going to be an interesting Next three or four months. Yeah. Were you surprised the Saints only made a move at running backs coach and Ed Rushar, um, and Pete Carmichael remains on the staff? Not, not really. Just again, somebody's got to fall on their sword. And the, the bottom line is you still don't have a quarterback. That That's the biggest problem. You can be the offensive coordinator. Who are you an offensive coordinator for? Is it one week? Is it the, the Red Rifle? Is it next week Jameis? Is it next week uh, the tight end masquerading as quarterback? You, you don't know what's going on. I think the big thing is the Saints have to settle on who's the quarterback. And then Carmichael can figure out, okay, let's develop a, a, a an offensive system for this guy. And, and, and again, this, this team is only one year away from the playoffs. So, it, again, it's just, uh, I, I think the problem with the NFL is just what it stands for, not for long. <laughs> right. You know, what have you done for me lately? That's right. And, again, the best thing that may have happened to these guys, like Pete Carmichael, they didn't get to the playoffs because they got to the playoffs and get beat. We're seeing that they're pulling the, the parachute on a lot of coaches. Mm. Yeah, it is interesting that I, I think this offseason the story has been Assisting coaches, right? Not necessarily head coaches, but that leads me to my next topic here with Leo Haggerty at Sports Magazine, covers the NFC South and Buccaneers in Tampa. Sean Payton was going to have that interview today. Obviously, different circumstances changed that. But he is going to interview for the Panthers opening. Um, I, I sat yesterday on the show, and I went through all the whys. And they're hard for me to come out with why not? I mean, there's a lot of good whys. Billionaire owner, you know, came out this week. He wants a 20 to 24 or $25 million four-year contract. That's a guy that goes, I'll give you 27 or 26. What, what does it matter to me, right? Um, power, structure, whatever you want. Um, the report earlier this week as well was he's also all about the package deal of him and Tom Brady coming in for a year. So when I start looking at all those things and I look at that team, you told me at the beginning of the year to keep an eye on Carolina because they're a young, talented defense. they got a good run game. And we saw with Steve Wilkes, they got heart in that locker room, right? So I, I, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, maybe they're more wise than I thought. You know what, Gus? Here's, here's the scenario I think that plays out in Carolina. If you don't hire Sean Payton, Steve Wilkes is back next year. I don't see any way you would bring in somebody who doesn't have the resume of a Sean Payton to run that team after the way they played the last 10 weeks of the season. I mean, they, they could have folded the tent. I mean, they, they get rid of Baker Mayfield. They trade Christian McCaffrey. They're basically tanking by all these trades and everything. But they didn't. They played hard. They played smart. And yeah, Sean Payton, it's a great fit there. You've got all the power. Hey, 
as Bill Parcells said, you know, not only now am I cooking, but I'm buying the groceries. So that's the big thing. Yeah, you bring it up, Leo, about how hard that team played. And you're right. I think it would make sense for Carolina to be like, look, they, they play for this guy. Wilkes already interviewed for it there as well. I know Ken Dorsey is scheduled to interview as well with it, but there's a gap. I mean, no offense to Ken Dorsey, but Sean Payton or Ken Dorsey, right? So, I mean, I'm with you. I, I think, you know, David Tepper's going to um, try to make him not leave, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I guess you, you have to interview the other guys, but I, I got to imagine if he shows any interest, you know, you go after him from that standpoint. Um, the Falcons are looking for a defensive coordinator. Panthers there as well. And, and they, they asked for Chris Richard to go look at, uh, to be interviewed. And the Falcons asked permission to interview Ryan Nielsen. Who do you think eventually winds up as the DC over there? Vic Fangio was also a guy that interviewed. You know what? The, the things Nick Fangio has done in the past, I think puts him a leg up on everybody else because He's gone into places where they couldn't even spell defense, let alone play it. And, and, and they became really good defensive teams. I think the key is, if you're a defensive coordinator, you got to create toughness on your defense. It's, it's the bottom line. If you're not a tough defense, you're not going to play well in the NFL. It's just not going to happen. I think Fangio's got the inside track. And uh, it, it's amazing to us how... All these people have said, you know, oh, we want offensive coordinators, offensive coordinators. Look who's getting hired, defensive coordinators. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because we and I, we talked during the season. Um, it almost felt like a return to old school football, right? <laughs> I mean, we saw a lot of teams have success, and, and, and you look at the standings, running the football. Even the teams that are high-powered offenses – They'll say their weakness is lack of running, right? That's the one thing that you look at with Buffalo. But look at the Eagles. Solid. I mean, they're, they're a defense that intimidates me watching. Like, I feel they're about to fight me, you know, just just watching yeah. the game. And and they run the football. I know Hurts. Look, Hurts ain't throwing 66 times like Tom Brady did against the Cowboys. I mean, I, I, I do. Daniel Jones and the Giants, they're like, can you throw 15 to 20 passes? We're going to ride Saquon Barkley play some defense and you know there's two teams three teams in the nfc i can say defense has led the way i mean the cowboys right i think is another team where they're a defensive led team so i i'm with you i think defense is making a comeback in terms of teams are, are figuring out what the nfl is trying to do on the offensive side and they're trying and it's a pendulum right they're going to find a way to to counter an offensive league you know what, Gus? You hit the nail on the head. Look at the eight teams left in the playoffs. What's the one common denominator of all eight of them? Mobile quarterbacks. The way to beat a defense is to have a mobile quarterback because now you have to account for them. You have to either put a player there or you have to play a heck of a lot of zone and make sure you don't lose sight of them. That's the big thing. That's what I'm saying about Tom Brady. He's a dinosaur. He, it, 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 this is the NFL in 2022, yeah. 2023. You better have a mobile quarterback because these defenses have gotten so fast and so intricate that it, you got to be able to escape. you got to be able to make a play with your legs or extend a play with your legs. Yeah. So, again, look at what's going on. Look at all these teams, the Eagles, Cincinnati, Buffalo. Kansas City, all of them, mobile, mobile, mobile quarterbacks. All right, let's go through the winners, sir. Uh, here are the four games. Give me 10 to 15 <laughs> seconds if you can on each. Jags, Chiefs tomorrow, 3.30 NBC, KC nine-point favorite. Who do you like? I like Kansas City only because, of, you know, they're at home. And, again, Gus, with all these games, real quick, mm -hmm. if both teams show up with the A game, the home team wins. But I'll tell you what, if the home team shows up with their B game, the opposition and all of them have a shot to do it. I think Kansas City's on a mission after last year. So, yeah. Very I, interesting. I think 40 degrees and rainy, the forecast there. 7.15 on Fox Giants at the Eagles. Philly, 7.5-point favorite, 44 degrees, partly cloudy. I think the Giants cover, but that's it. I don't think they win. I think this is going to be a very close game. Uh, I, again, 
the, the Eagles have gone farther than they have in a long time. Mm-hmm. They have the, uh, an offensive line that's been there, done that in the Super Bowl. So that's a big plus. I think the Eagles win. They win close, 24-20. Sunday, Bengals-Bills, 2 o'clock CBS. Buffalo, 5.5-point favorite, 33 degrees and cloudy. Take the over and take the last team with the ball. Oh. I think this is going to be a, a shootout. All right. Look the for old- the Bills. Look for the Bills to win. They'll win on the last play of the game. Oh. This even may go overtime, oh. but I'm expecting this 45-42. Oh, the over-under is 49 on this one. 5.30 p.m. Well, that'll, on be, Fox. that'll be done by halftime. That'll be done on halftime. Oh, yeah, I would, <laughs> 49 points if you're thinking 45-42. Yeah, Cowboys and 49ers here. Um, 56 degrees, cloudy, San Fran, four-point favorite over-under, 46-and-a-half. That may be the under. This is two really good defenses that are going to show up. And the bottom line is, if the 49ers can account for Micah Parsons and make sure he's under control, they can win the game. Mm. And again, what people don't realize about the Cowboys is Zeke is not only a great runner, he's a great pass blocker. So when you got Zeke Elliott in there, that's like another lineman. You don't get to the quarterback. Again, another close game. Uh, luckily, it's in San Francisco, and I, I think the 49 I'm, I'm going with the home team at all of them, Gus. 49ers, 20-17. There you go. Leo Haggerty, man, super thrilled and happy you rang that bell on Tuesday. Glad you're you're going to be okay, man. You, you're gonna, I'm going to have to bother you again for an entire football season next year. Yeah, you are, Gus, and I'll tell you what, you, you're right in the, in the smack dab in the middle of exciting basketball with the Pelicans and yep. LSU women, and my Lord, uh, you, you're going to ride that pony till it dies, right? Yeah, we got a lot. We got a lot to talk about, so uh, it's always a fun time, and uh, we'll keep you around as long as you want, dude, on Friday. Thank you so much, Leo. Talk to you next Friday, Gus. Yeah, for sure, Mr. Leo Haggerty. Quick break, we come back, we'll put a bow. Today's show, Sports Hangover and ESPN New Orleans. We've been learning a lot. All seven of us. Addie, Wesley, Caroline, Jackson, Julia, Wyatt, and baby Elon. Here's what our fathers taught us since the last time we talked to you. My dad, Wes, said, Your great-grandfather, Bob, was extremely famous for manufacturing high-quality, custom-designed jewelry, and he could repair anything. And then Wesley Jr. said, Are you going to teach me that? I'm going to teach you that. And then my dad, Bobby, said, It's important to have exactly what people are looking for. You've got to pay attention to what's happening all over the world so that you're always ahead of the trend in jewelry instead of behind it. You can't make people happy if you don't have what they're looking for. And then Jackson said, Are you going to teach all of us? Yes, we're going to teach all of you. We're going to teach you whatever you want to learn. Let's hear it for Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers. Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers is the largest diamond store in Louisiana on veterans between Bonneville and West End in Metairie. It's Gus Kattengill with the Sports Hangover. Join us for Thursdays with the crew of Katie's. Every Thursday, we'll be live at a member of the Katie's family of restaurants from 12 to 3. Whether it's Katie's on Iberville, Francesca's Deli on Harrison, or Bienview on Hickory. Enjoy lively sports banter with delicious eats. Join us as we talk about the latest from our local teams, and you'll likely hear me argue with Scott Craig about his St. Louis Cardinals and my Chicago Cubs. Good thing he's a brother Martin grad. Thursdays from 12 to 3 is the Sports Hangover with the crew of Katie's on ESPN New Orleans. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Hi, welcome back. It is The Sports Hangover. Got to do it one more time. Got to do it one more time. Why not? The professor coming up with, uh, the, the song that best, I guess, describes how, um, Saints fans sort of feel. Huh? What do you think? 
This is uh, what he came up with a little bit ago and uh, debuted earlier in the show. We're going to do it one more time. Then we'll get his takes on the game and the win. Ladies and gentlemen, the professor. Welcome back. Welcome back. The Saints did not kick you out. Welcome back. Though we still don't know what all that's about. Though the players may change when the season's out. And they still brought you back for a second round. Why are we making each other? Why are we making each other? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back by the professor as always, man. That is good stuff, professor, so let's get right to it. You got two minutes, and we got to go. So, Chiefs, Jaguars, who do you like? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Chiefs and Jags, who do you like? Uh, I like the Chiefs in that one. No shot for the Jags? Not even the points. <laughs> not not even the points. Not even the points. All right. Okay. No. Um, okay. Giants no. and Eagles. Seven and a half point favorite. The Eagles. I got the Eagles in that one. Uh, I don't think that one's going to be close. Cowboys and 49ers. San Francisco four point favorite in this one. Uh, I got the. Uh, I got actually have the Cowboys pulling the upset in this. Oh, one. The oh, upset. the 49ers. I got the Cowboys winning that one. Uh oh. Dude, Cowboy fans gonna be incredulous if they go to the NFC Championship game. You I know. know. You know that, know. right? But, I, you know. Oh, I live for it though. I guess for storyline purposes, Eagles, Cowboys, NFC Championship game. Yes, sir. Yeah, could mm-hmm. be, right? Right? Alright. Your game. Level, uh, uh, scale one to ten. How nervous are you here? Bengals and Bills, you got about 30 seconds. In the words of Spinal Tap, I turned this up to an 11. Oh. There's no 10-point scale. <laughs> Very nervous about this game. But okay. I have confidence that the Bills are going to pull it out. So I got the Bills in this one. What about Leo saying that this could be like a 45-42? Do you think it's a shootout? I absolutely believe that. I absolutely see that coming. Just right. just points. Because you got to put them points up if you want to beat the Bengals. Five seconds. Do the Pels get a win tonight? Yes. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, the professor. Pelicans take on the Magic in Orlando at 6 o'clock. We'll talk about that game, the Heat game, and the playoffs on Monday. Thank you so much, Nick, for your time. Yes, sir. See you soon. Thank you over to uh, Buddy in the LaRue Studios. Thank you for listening as well. Matt Muscona. Now for further review next on ESPN New Orleans. <laughs>